22, verse 19. And the Bible says, turn me down just a little, feedback. And he took bread and gave thanks and break it. And gave unto them saying, this is my body, which is broken for you. Still some feedback in there. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. I like to use for a thought off them few simple words, a meal that can change your life. A meal that can change your life. We see the importance of a meal when we look at the book of Kings, when we find that Elisha was at the point of weakness and a lack of strength after being tormented by Jezebel, and he runs for his life. And the Bible says that the angel told Elisha to go on the strength of that meal. What you eat is what you're going to become. Uh, many of us like sweets, but we need vegetables. We, we need meat rather than, amen, candy. And we need nourishment in this body for it to flow in the design in which it was created. So we know that eating plays a very important part of our success in life. Poor diet, poor life. Good diet, great life. A McDonald's might fill you, but it won't equip you. Uh, you can eat things that will satisfy your belly, but will not let you be around a long time. So we see that the value of eating a good meal is very, very important. As I read this script or scripture, this topic came to my mind about a meal that will change your life. A lot of time when we come to the communion table, we come with the expectation that service is almost over. We come without the real value of knowing the cost. It's almost like children who don't understand what it means to leave the window down in the heating season when the heat is up. Because they have not made the sacrifice to pay the utility bill, they don't have a clue as the value of keeping the window closed when the heat is running or when the air condition is running. They have no sense of value because it costs them nothing. And so here we see that Jesus is sitting at the Last Supper and he's talking with his disciples and knowing what he's getting ready to make as an ultimate sacrifice. And he says, take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Uh, when back in the day when they would take communion, they would break the pieces, the, the bread in two and hide one to be eaten at a later time. The children would come and eat the second portion. 
But when you find in the Old Testament, in Exodus 6 and 6, you'll find a breakdown of the four cups. A lot of us didn't realize that there were four cups during communion. Uh-huh. Each cup represented something. And Jesus, amen, he, he did not deal with the first two, the traditional two. He just dealt with the third cup. Hit your neighbor and say, the third cup. Mm -hmm. We get this from the portion of Exodus that says in 6.6, Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am, I am literally taking God at his word, and I am doing today what he told Israel, this. He said, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out. High five your name and say, God's going to bring you out. Oh, you might as well get your traveling clothes on and take your burden off your shoulder, because God says, I'm going to bring you out. Uh-huh. Did you hear what I just said? He said, I'm going to bring you out. Look at somebody in the face and tell them, God's going to bring you out. <laughs> I'm going to bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. And he then said, I'm not going to only bring you out, but as I bring you out, I will rid you out of their bondage. In other words, God says, I'm going to make you forget the pain that you've experienced in your life. Now, how many know that's going to take a real God to make the tears dry up of the sorrow that you have dealt with in your life? Has anybody ever met with sorrow? Sorrow don't like you. Sorrow don't come to make you happy. Sorrow comes to break your heart. But God says, I'm not going to only bring you out, but I'm going to rid you. Good God Almighty. Oh, I can see the woman getting ready to have a baby. She's in such pain, crying out, I'll never do it again. But when the breakthrough comes, she forgets all about what she's been through. Any woman going to say amen? amen. Now, we men don't know what that is. I'm going to rid you out of the bondage. Not only am I going to rid you, he said, I'm going to redeem you. I I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to make up the lost time you lost. I, I'm going to make it be in such a way that when you think back over your life, you're going to say, my God has supplied all my needs. Oh, I might have been going through, but guess what? I'm now out, and I thank God for my deliverance. I'm going to rid you, and then I'm going to redeem you with a stretched out arm. You've been running from me for a long time. But I'll track you down. Hit somebody and say, won't the Lord track you down? Some of you he met in the club. Some of you he met in the dish. Some of you he met messed up. But guess what? He stretched out his arm and tracked you down. Aren't you glad about it? If you're glad that he tracked you down, put those hands together. Give him praise. He tracked me down, child. I was in the drug den, but he tracked me down. I was in the club, but he tracked me down. I was in an illicit relationship, but he tracked me down. I was lost, but he tracked me down. Somebody pray. Hit somebody say, somebody pray. Stop trying to get all the credit. Somebody pray. Somebody pray. Grandma may have prayed. And grandma may have never seen you get delivered, but grandmama's prayer was not forgotten. Oh, I wish I could get a praise church in here for a minute. 
talks to them and he, t- he tells them, he said, listen here, I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to rid you of some things. And then I'm going to redeem you because I've been tracking you down. He said in that seventh verse, and I will take you to me for a people. Mm. And I will be to you a God, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. Ah, somebody said they can say what they want, but the Lord is on my side. Oh, that was a shout right there. Ah, they can do what they want, but guess what? The Lord is on my side. And if the Lord be for you, who can be against you? I know it might not look favorable at times, but if God says he's with you, I'm going to take you unto myself. You're going to become my property. To touch you is to touch God. You, you ought to hit somebody and say, to touch you is to touch God. Good God Almighty. So listen here. So listen. He said, I'll take you unto me. He said, and ye shall know that I am your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Uh-huh. And I will do what? I will bring you in. Good God Almighty. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you got to let go of the familiar. Oh, I know it, I know it hurt in times past, but you got to let it go. Come on, tell somebody you got to let it go. Hit somebody else and tell them you got to let it go. Hit somebody else and tell them you got to let it go. Hit somebody else and tell them you got to let it go. Hurt will keep you in Egypt. Okay, I talked to somebody. Hurt will keep you in bondage. You got to let it go so God can bring you out. Oh, anybody going to talk back to me? You got to hit somebody tell them you got to let it go. Even when it tries to resurrect itself, you got to cast that thing down. He said, listen here, I will bring you out. And then I'm going to bring you in. Oh, good God, am I, did you catch that? He's going to bring me out. But he's not going to leave me out there. He's going to bring me in. Into a land. Uh-huh. He said, concerning which I was swore unto give it to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. And I will give it you for a heritage. I am the Lord. Good God, am I. Here we see the four cups. Cup number one was the cup of sanctification. God says, I know you've been messed up from the flow up. And I know the pain that you have had in your life. He said, but guess what? I'm getting ready to sanctify your holy. I'm getting ready to work a work on you that you will look at yourself and can't even recognize where you came from. He said, I'm going to the cup of sanctification. I'm going to sanctify you. I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to set you apart. I'm going to make you a holy people that when folk look at you, they're going to know something different about you. Oh, I wish I could talk to somebody. I'm going to bring you out. Good God Almighty. Hit your neighbor and say, hold on to my coattail. Because what God getting ready to do, it's going to be done quick. Set you apart. 
I'm going to bring you out of Egypt. I'm going to bring you out of the world. I'm going to bring you out of spiritual slavery. That thing ain't going to have you in bondage no more. Hit somebody and say, that thing ain't going to have you in bondage no more. That alcohol ain't going to keep you in bondage no more. That lying tongue ain't going to keep you in bondage no more. I'm going to rip you. Hit somebody and say, he's going to rip you right from it. You're not going to know yourself when I get finished with you. You're going to say, I used to do that, but it don't feel good no more. Oh, anybody ever been there? When the Lord, amen, you slip up and say a cuss word, and then all of a sudden it just hits you and say, oh. Why? Because he done sanctified you. He bringing you out and purifying you. The things you used to do, you won't want to do them no more, because he said, I'm going to bring you. We ain't talking about no religion. We ain't talking about no denomination. We're talking about a relationship with God. Fooey on your denomination. Well, well, child, what are you, Baptist? No, I'm born again. You're trying to limit my deliverance. Oh, if I'm Baptist, I can do this and do that and get away with it. The devil is a lie. He ain't going to have different lines up there in heaven. What are you? I'm Seventh-day Adventist. What are you? I'm Baptist. What are you? I'm Baptist, Holy Ghost, Pentecostal. <laughs> that foolishness out of here. So I'm going to bring you out. And I'm going to sanctify you. Nobody's going to have to preach it to you. I'm going to bring you out myself. Nobody preached to me when I got saved. I was in the boiler room all by myself. But when I came up out of that boiler room, I was a delivered young man. My life changed, my mind changed, my walk changed, my talk changed, my look changed. Everything about me changed. Why? Because he said, I'm going to bring you out. Oh, hit somebody and say, he's going to bring you out. I don't care where you're at. Tell him, I don't care where you're at, he'll bring you out. If you want to come out, he'll bring you out. If you want to break free, he'll break you out. You got to want this thing. And I got to speed up. God told me. The cup of sanctification. Not only that, he said, I'm going to rescue you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to rescue you. Tell somebody, he's going to rescue you. Called the cup of deliverance. Good God Almighty. The cup of deliverance. When the plague is going on, he's going to bring you out. Children of Israel were right in the midst of the plague, but God was bringing deliverance. Hit your neighbor and say, you might be in the middle of a mess right now, but the Lord is bringing you out. He's a supernatural God of our faith. Right in the midst of it. Tell your neighbor, you might be right in the midst of some stuff, but God knows how to bring you out. They would take this particular cup and they would drink it after they talked about the Passover. Talking about how they had to put the blood on the doorpost. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to put the blood on your heart. You got to apply that blood in your heart. 
So that when the devil walking around trying to see who he can devour, he'll see the blood of Jesus and said, there's no entrance here. There's no access here. There's no breaking in here called the blood of Jesus. Some stuff that will take most folk out can't bother you. You done went through some stuff that most folk would have threw up their hair, but because of the blood. Oh, I wish I had a blood church that don't mind praising God right now. Thank God for the blood. The cup of deliverance. Oh, God. Woo. I can't shout like some of y'all, but God knows I want to. Cup of deliverance. The second cup. So when Jesus came out there, they already, by tradition, had done these things. But yet there was a third cup. Somebody say a third cup. The cup in which we are enjoying right now, called the cup of redemption. I'm going to redeem you. <laughs> Help, tell your neighbor, stop trying to do it yourself. He going to do this thing. Come on, tell somebody, he's going to do this thing. Everything that got you wrapped up, tied up, and thrown up, he's going he gonna, to he gonna just, he's going to redeem you. Redemption. He said, listen here, this is where Jesus begins to announce, amen, that our forgiveness of sin is already done. Free at last. Oh, hit your neighbor, said, I ain't got no guilt in me at nowhere. No guilt nowhere. Come on, say it out loud. No guilt. Come on, no guilt. Hit somebody. Hit three people. Tell them no guilt nowhere. No guilt nowhere. Come on, tell them no guilt nowhere. All right, anybody going to be bad enough to say it again? No guilt nowhere. The devil will come and try to make you feel guilty, but no guilt nowhere. Why? Because he has redeemed us. Tell your neighbor I've been redeemed. cup of redemption the fourth cup we have not even got there yet but it's coming the cup of restoration completion acceptance I shall bring you oh tell somebody he's gonna bring you uh-huh to that marriage feast that only you and him ah come on somebody say only you and him Tell somebody this is a personal invitation with you and him. You can't bring in-laws into this thing. You can't bring friends into this thing. It's going to be you and him. Somebody say you and him. Yeah. Haven't got there yet. But I'm talking about a meal that can change your life. Why would I use this as a text? Because we come to understand that eating and drinking has to do with sharing life and mutual indwelling. What do you mean by that, preacher? They just went on a trip up there to Virginia somewhere, and they all went there and ate and fellowship. But look at your neighbor and said, neighbor, it's easy to leave a building, but it's hard to walk away from a relationship. Anybody going to talk back to me yet? And while you're sitting there chewing and diversing, amen, you're caring one for another. You begin to tear each other's emotions and feelings because at the dinner table is where true love is being expressed. Anybody going to talk to me? He said, listen here. He said, listen, eating and drinking. In John 6, 53, 
And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. What are you talking about, preacher? Apart from the life that Jesus offers us, we are fulfilling, amen, thriller. Michael Jackson had it real good when he said, thriller, they were moving. They were moving all around, but they had no life. See, some of us are existing, but we don't have no life. Every time you turn around, they're going through and going through and going through and going through and going through. That's no life. And they began to talk about Jesus as he said, you got to eat my body and drink my blood. What is the essence? What is the essential factor for having communion? It is the importance of being able to get his DNA. Because without his DNA, you revert back to your natural instincts. Jude chapter, Jude 10 tells us something. It says, but they speak evil of those things which they do not understand. People don't understand why you want to speak into another yoboshikandabobohah. Why? Because it builds up my, my spirit. It builds up the enemy. It gives me power that I can't do it by myself. When the tempter comes. How many know he's coming? You got delivered from alcohol, he going to wait a while. He going to come back and talk to you when you're, when you're down and out. He ain't going to mess with you while you got it all right. He going to come talk to you when you're starting to wear, when you're starting to get weary. And then he going to start talking to you. Some of y'all looking at me like, what is he talking about? Stick around. If you ain't been attacked yet, Probably because he already got you, but we're going to pray deliverance on you. Look at this. He said, listen here. He said, but listen. He said, they speak evil of that which they don't understand or know. But they know naturally as brute beasts in those things, they corrupt themselves. That's why we see the wickedness of man, amen, gathering itself and gathering its strength because they're getting away from the meal. <laughs> <laughs> start eating a whole bunch of candy, your teeth going to start departing. Don't have enough calcium, you're going to start getting that osculoporosis. Whatever that word is. Getting aches in places where you ought not to be aching at 15 years old. You're going to talk to me after a while. Hit your neighbor and say, neighbor, your body got memory. Come on, hit somebody else and say, your body got memory. What do you mean, preacher? Remember how you used to jump off that roof at 15? Now you're 65, and that, that knee says, remember that roof? So you forgot about it, but he, that body said, I remember. Now I come back to remind you. Now you're looking for... Some kind of shot to get in between them joints. 
But you jumped out. Hey, child, did you see how high that was? I did good, didn't I? Yeah, huh? Body said, okay, wait till I see you lay down. Amen. Look at this. Said so they, they brute beast. Get back to being carnal. You get back to being carnal when you're not eating that meal. Tell your neighbor, you got to be around folk that's going to eat the meal. John 6.54, I'm trying to rush now. John 6.54 says this. It says, whosoever eateth my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life. Why do you think we stay on fire? Huh? High five your neighbor say, why do you think I stay on fire? Because I'm eating the meal. Thy word, thy word have I hid my heart that I might not sin against you. I'm going to eat the bread of life so life will begin to grow inside of me. Touch me and life will come. Listen here. Say that you have eternal life and I will raise them up at the last day. I like to know this right now. At the last, when the enemy think he got you, God will raise you up. Hit somebody and say, when the devil thought he had you, God raised you up. Hit somebody else and tell them, when, you, when the devil thought he had you, God raised you up. When he thought you'd never praise God again, he raised you up. When he thought, oh, I wish I had a praise church by right now. Hit somebody and say, he thought he had me. But God raised me up. Raise me up. When I didn't have no strength, he raised me up. When I had no hope, he raised me up. When I think I couldn't make it, he raised me up. When I thought it was over, he raised me up. When I thought I couldn't, oh, anybody gonna talk to me? I hope he raised that iPad up because that costs too much money. You might have to anchor that thing down on that pulpit. Oh, I'm spiritual, but that costs money. Is it still lit? Thank God. <laughs> Brought me right off the rafters, didn't it? <laughs> Give me five more minutes. <laughs> I'm going to try if this thing will work right. Let me see if it worked. Praise God. Fingerprint did work. Okay, look at it. Look at this. He said, listen, for my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. The importance of the meal. Tell your neighbor, if you eat the word of God, if you eat the blood or drink the blood uh -huh, in this communion, it's going to add to your life. This is a meal. Tell them this is a meal that can change your life. Give God a praise in this building. Yeah. Eating and drinking has to do with share, sharing life. Yeah, Eating and drinking has the significance of sharing life. What do you mean, preacher? Jesus said, if you eat my body and drink my blood, amen, I'll dwell in you. Huh? But look at this. It says, in physical realm, in other words, in natural understanding, one of the most powerful examples of shared life is eating and drinking. What do you mean, preacher? It says, the laying down of the life by the plant or the animal and the transference of life through the molecules are transferred, thereby nourishing one's life. In other words, I eat a proper diet. And when I eat this diet, 
the molecules out of the sacrifice goes into my body and the nourishment that's in these particular foods, the molecules go into the workings of my body to give me strength. Are you listening to me? Jesus said, when you eat of my body and when you drink of my blood, there is a transfer of molecules. Y'all going to talk to me after a while. He said, my death and my resurrection and my ascension, amen, through all of this makes it possible for us to have a shared life with God. You did you hear what I said? When I drink of his blood, it gives me power to be connected. Oh, what shall separate me? Hit your neighbor and say, what's going to separate you? You ought to tell them nothing shall separate me. From the love of God, which I find, which I find in Christ Jesus. Look at this. He said, listen here. It makes it possible that when I eat of his body and I drink of his blood, all that he is, I am. Did you hear what I just said? Tell, tell your neighbor, tell. The more you eat and the more you drink, the more you look like you got his DNA. DNA. It's a molecule of encodes of genetic instructions used in the development and functioning of all known living organs and many viruses. In other words, I'm healed because I'm connected to a DNA that can't get sick. Tell your neighbor, I got some genetics going on. Now look at me and say, that's why the Lord says, let the sick say they well, because the DNA is at work. See, the moment you start saying, child, I'm sick, you stop the genetic code. You start putting in wrong information, and it messes up the DNA information, and it begins to cause it to be confused. But if you just go ahead, and regardless of what your temperature is, I'm healed by the blood of the Lamb. I thought y'all would holler on that one. A meal. That can change your life. Tell your neighbor, I, I feel a change already. When I take communion, tell them when I take communion, this meal can change my situation. I can go from sick to being healed. I can go from being hammered to being delivered. Come on, somebody. This meal going to do something in my life today because God's talking to me. He's telling me to eat of his body and to drink of his blood, and I'll get the genetic code, and I'll be the man of God, a woman of God. He called me to be a meal that can change your life. I got to hurry. Look, I got two more minutes left. Look at this. First John 4, 17 says this. Herein is our love made perfect, that we are made may have boldness in the day of judgment. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't care what they say about me. Why do I care? Because as he is, so are we in this world. Why? Because I'm eating this meal. You can't see it, but there's a whole lot of muscle in there. See, you're looking at the natural, but see that spiritual one way up here. Tell you, neighbor, that I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Come on, in the power of his might. 
Tell somebody, I'm, t I'm testifying to you right now. I should have been taken out, but because of my DNA. Come on, tell them because of my DNA. I can take a licking and keep on ticking. I can go under and still come out. I can go down and still rise to the occasion. Why? Because my DNA code. I've got resurrection power. Give me two. Look at this. I'm just going to have to finish this next week. Look at this. The ultimate source of our, our life is the Father. And I'm just going to come in after this. John 6, 57. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. Eat the word. Tell, you, tell, somebody, tell three people around you, eat the word. Eat the word. Eat the word. Eat the word. Stuff will come out you that you didn't even know was in you. Come on, tell somebody. Stuff will come out you that you didn't even know was in you. That word will spring up and shock you. Give you wisdom and shock you. Give you breakthroughs and shock you. Say things to people and shock you. Because it's not you. It's him. Give him a praise right quick because it's him. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth this bread. Good God Almighty. A, a meal that'll change your life. You eat this meal like you're supposed to eat this meal. You'll be healed. You ain't going to be talking about what you've been through. You're just going to start talking about where you're going. When you eat this meal, it ain't geared around what you did. It's geared around what he did. Do I deserve to eat his body? No, sir. That's why he told me to eat his body. Huh? Did you hear what I said? Don't deserve his blood, but he told me to drink his blood. He said, Peter, if you don't let me wash your feet, then you have no part in me. He said, wash me, Lord. Wash, wash me, Lord. Some of y'all need this. Wash me, Lord. Y'all didn't do it. Wash me, Lord. Wash me till I get clean. Wash me till I look like you. Wash me till my eyes change. Wash me till my mind change. Wash me till my walk start turning. Wash me till I talk no evil. Wash me till I don't gossip no more. Wash me till I be able to walk upright. Wash me till there's no guilt in my life. Wash me, wash me, wash me. Hit your neighbor and say, let the Lord wash you right now. Woo! You're still bound by what you went through last day. But let me tell you something. It's over, child. It's over now. Wash me. The meal will change your life. You won't look at your hands and say they didn't change. But you'll look at your hands and say, my hands look different. Wash me, Lord. A meal that would change your life. I'm going to have to stop right here. I ain't finished. Because I wanted to talk about many are suffering from malnutrition. Let me just read it anyway. Let me just read this one more. I ain't finished. Matter of fact, when I was making the notes to get at her, I said, Lord, I, these are a whole lot of scriptures, Lord. I stayed up to about 1.30 last night just meditating on the word. I thank y'all for letting me be full time. 
Or I might not be running up and down the road. Some of y'all, I hope y'all reading some of them Monday night lessons I sent to you. Let me read this one, this last scripture. I'm reading it from the Message Bible. Numbers chapter 11, he said, listen here. The riffraff. <laughs> Don't you know folks will mess up your deliverance? Tell your neighbor, this ain't a friendship thing. This is a relationship with God. And if I happen to get in contact with you, the relationship is based around my relationship with him. The riffraff that is among you, among the people, had a craving, and soon they had the people of, of, of Israel whining. You got you to be careful about people around you always whining. They want to talk about you because they ain't got no life. They want to mess up what you're trying to do for the glory of God. You got to pay those Negroes no mind. Do you hear what I'm saying? And I ain't black and white. You just got to leave folk alone that ain't going where you're going. Stop fooling with folk that ain't going where you're going. I'm moving too fast. Tell your neighbor, I'm moving too fast. They be moving in slow motion with folk that ain't going nowhere. Y'all scared to talk to them? That might be your friend? Thank you. Look at this. <laughs> listen. He said, listen, why can't we have meat? We ate fish in Egypt and got it free. Let me tell you something. Anything you're getting free, you're paying for it. Remember the dope push you come out? Come on, brother. Come on. Come on, brother. Try this, man. You ain't got to give me nothing now. Yeah, I'll, give, I, I'll hit you up later. Yeah. Go ahead, try it. Yeah, you Free? I ain't got to pay for it? No, just, on me, man. Can I have some more? Oh, that's going to cost you. It's going to cost you now. That devil always play with you. Because, see, sometimes we come up wanting stuff. And he know you desperate. You better watch yourself. Hit your neighbor and say, that's why you got to eat the meal. Come on, hit somebody and say, that's why you got to eat the meal. Because if you eat the meal right, come on, tell them, if you eat the meal right, Jesus will come on your mind and say, dope was made for dope. So y'all going to talk to me after a while. Better watch that sister putting all that perfume on, walking by you on purpose. Slinging her mess around you. Come on. You better eat that meal. Come on, tell her that you better eat that meal. Want to walk around showing all his biceps. They're going to be like that all the time. It's going to drop after a while. Gravity going to have its will. <laughs> you got to eat this meal. Look at what it says. I'm coming in. To say nothing of the cucumbers and the, 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 the melons and, and, and the leeks and the onions and the, and the garlic. But nothing tastes good out here. Are, are we getting this? All we keep getting is this manna. Pastor won't let us do what we want. He just keep giving us the manna. 
Ah, that you know the church down the street, they got this going on. But he come here and he just keeps giving us the manna. You better eat this meal. Oh, you can shout later on, but eat the meal. Hey, have you ever been around folk that want to do a whole lot of talking while you're eating? And, and, and then they want you to get, get into dialogue. Talk. No, I, I like my food hot. I talk to you after I finish. Well, I'm waiting for my food. To, no, child, I don't like cold food. I like my, I got to blow it a couple of times. I want you to know the blood of Jesus is hot. Come on now. It's so hot, it takes the heat out the oven. Huh? Ask the Hebrew boys. They went in there eating the manna. And when they got in there, the king looked in there and said, I thought we put three in there. But because of their DNA and their genetic code with the father, he shows up when they show up. I want you to know, you eat this meal, It'll change your life. I, next time I might break down the, 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 the matzah cracker. The matzah cracker is a design. It's designed the way it's designed. First of all, you notice that there's a whole bunch of holes in it because Jesus was never puffed up. Amen. You'll notice that there's black, and black marks all over it because it shows the, the markings of his suffering. Yeah. Uh, let, me, let me finish. This, this meal will change your life. I'm finished. Give the Lord a good hand clap. I'm finished. Four cups. Cup of sanctification. Cup of deliverance. The cup of redemption. And the future cup. The cup of completion. Right now, we're at that third cup. Know that you've been redeemed. Stop letting your pass. Because Jesus paid an ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. Don't just step on it like it means absolutely nothing. Don't look at it as a cracker break. No, we don't drink real wine here. We, we drink juice. Now, baby, you know, pastor, you know. Jesus gave them wine. Yeah, but it was unfermented. Didn't have any alcohol content in it. Somebody asked me, well, what about these churches that give real wine? I said, I feel sorry for the alcoholic that visits, trying to get their deliverance, because they'll never get one there. They only show up on communion. When y'all, having, when y'all having communion again? I'm going to bring some of my friends because I know they want to get saved. <laughs> Let me stop. Y'all trying to pull me out there in that comic strip, but I'm not going. Don't take the communion if you're not saved. What do you mean, preacher? If you come and you've given your life to Christ, you are a candidate for taking this communion. You might have slipped. You might have failed. But it doesn't exempt you from taking the communion. You've been redeemed and you've been washed in the blood. 
And so, therefore, that makes you a candidate. And that's why Jesus said, listen, as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death. You understand its value. And guess what? Something inside of you, as you continue to keep taking it, will change your life. Give God a good hand clap. Did anybody in here not save? Well, Pastor, I go to church. I didn't ask you that. Going to church ain't going to set you free. But having a relationship with God will make all the difference in the world. Somebody say amen. Amen. Today is your day of deliverance. Don't let it pass you by. Amen. 10, 9, 8, 7. 6, 5, 4, 1. You got to move fast on this altar call. Because I don't believe altar call should be a thing where we beg you. God has to speak to your heart. Even as I look at those that come from the transitional house, they come and they go, they come and they go, they come and they go. But guess what? They came and they heard. And one thing about God's word, if it's being delivered properly, You'll walk out, and you'll remember these words somewhere in your life. Has the word ever sprung up out of nowhere and gave you insight and remind you where you need to be? Oh, that's the Holy Ghost talking to you. Because God loves us. Tell somebody, God loves you. God loves you. Come on, tell three people that the Lord loves you. The Lord loves you. And you better know it. Love you, preacher. Come on, let's get ready for communion. Somebody said, Pastor. I got some music for today, Robert. Huh? Well, click on. It's the one where you see him. Huh? Play him and I'll I'll see which one it is. Somebody say praise the Lord. Let's get ready for our communion, church.